everybody. Welcome back to the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. We are back with Rooney Toms. Rooney, how are you? I'm well. How are you, Ben? I'm yeah, good. Okay, excellent. Um, we are reviewing cardiovascular topics. I think today um, you're gonna. I'm going to let you um, take it away and tell us what uh, we are covering. Yeah, so we're going to take on a couple of physiology concepts, okay. uh, a couple of physiology concepts that we frequently see and have to address in the NICU, but not necessarily work with all the time, right? Okay. So, um, so I'm just going to scroll down to, um, to one here because the one thing that I wanted to start with is kind of we hear um, a discussion frequently, what um, kind of being on, on CPAP what, or CPAP on a ventilator, um, how does that affect your heart right okay so we know that or we kind of have a sense i've been told that being on positive pressure ventilation is actually good for your heart okay how do you describe that in a physiological way and that's that's kind of one um one thing i wanted to go through your mouse is so sensitive first of all don't blame the mouse but there you go Um, now you'll you'll be able to feel it a bit better oh yeah okay that's a little better okay Never blame the mouse. Okay. The cardiologists so, are such snobs. <laughs> Even the mouse is not good enough. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, like I said, increased uh, increase in mean air pressure um, is beneficial to the left side of the heart. Right. We know as neonatologists also that increase in, in mean air pressure is has a negative effect on the right side of the heart. Okay. So, we are always kind of dealing with that um, uh, conflict right there. But let me kind of walk people through why it's beneficial for the left side of the heart, okay? And the reason is really, uh, practically, you're reducing the afterload of the heart, mm-hmm. okay? And how does that actually happen? So you have to kind of talk about the transmural pressure, um, and the transmural pressure is decreased. So if you measure your radial artery pressure right here, then you measure the pressure inside your artery as compared to the ambient pressure, okay? sure. to the pressure around you. But if we were to put a catheter uh, and measure the pressure in the left ventricle, that left ventricle pressure is related to the interthoracic pressure. Yeah. So between the inside of the heart and the outside of the heart, then you're actually comparing the inside of the heart pressure as compared to the interthoracic pressure. And that's kind of the difference. And that's where right? ventilation would make a huge That's where impact. ventilation actually comes in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden you actually increase the pressure in your lungs, right, or in your interthoracic pressure, and therefore actually re- reducing yeah. that transmural pressure. You need to push on the left ventricle, or you can actually almost suck the left ventricle out and open it up even more. Correct, wow. correct, yeah. So, um, so again, just basically describing the inter- kind of the transmural pressure, which is um, interthoracic pressure minus the kind of pressure outside, which in the left ventricle is Sure. or the pleural pressure. Um, so let's start with a just kind of a simple model right here. Um, and um, here you see the ventricular chamber pressure, if you were to measure this, yeah. and you have your extra um, cavitary pressure or, or your interthoracic pressure. So right. your transmural pressure is your um, left ventricular pressure minus your interthoracic pressure. Um, and um, the interthoracic pressure includes all parts of the interthoracic aorta, the ascending aorta and the descending 
uh, thoracic aorta. So the second you actually leave your left ventricle, yeah. you actually start having your intrathoracic pressure. Okay, so the aorta is in the thorax, not in the left ventricle. Right, so so that's why you're comparing this pressure inside your left ventricle to anything external mm-hmm. in the intrathoracic uh, cavity. Okay, so let's just use a couple of of examples. So in a normal calm breathing uh, person, your intrathoracic um, pressure is minimally affected. Right, so um, you're breathing. So you can kind of say like your intrathoracic pressure is roughly around you know, negative one, two, three, maybe, uh, or maybe a little positive here and there, and then you're roughly around zero. So your left ventricular pressure minus your intrathoracic pressure is roughly 120. If your blood pressure inside your, if your systolic pressure inside your LV is 120 minus zero, which is basically equal to the outside, mm-hmm. right? So um, Normal negative pressure ventilation doesn't do a whole lot. However, if you were to take these deep breaths where you really increase your negative pressure um, inside um, your intrathoracic um, cavity, supposedly it's called the Miller maneuver. I don't know why Dr. Miller got the term for everybody's the always deep trying breaths. to squeeze their name into something, right? Exactly. So, but anyway, so imagine if you take a real deep breath and your intrathoracic pressure becomes very negative. So negative, say in this case, negative 20, that means that you take 120 for your transmuter pressure would be 120 minus negative 20, which is basically you add those two together. So then you have a uh, transmuter pressure of 140. Mm-hmm. Okay, So that means that the pressure inside your left ventricle of 120 then needs to pump against the pressure of 140. Yeah. Okay, So you're increasing your afterload. So the left ventricle has to pump harder, okay? It's so interesting how these mechanisms are doing the same thing effectively, making the work of the left ventricle so hard, but in such a different manner. Yeah, exactly. Right. And and I honestly, I don't think this is intuitive when no. you're at the bedside, right? Uh, so you have to kind of have been tortured by a cath cardiologist for a little while before you kind of find this stuff intriguing, you uh-huh. know? Um so positive pressure ventilation. So even CPAP actually does this. So um, imagine if you then take away the negative pressure ventilation, where we actually suck air into our lungs, but we're actually now forcing air into our lungs. Yeah. So you have a positive pressure uh, in there. So um, if we were to calculate the transmuter um, LV pressure, we take the left ventricular pressure, which is 120 minus positive 20. Yeah. Um, and that gives you a transmural pressure of 100. Right. So practically, you're lowering the left ventricle afterload. So the left ventricle of 120 pressure now pumps against the afterload of 100, of, of 100 millimeters HD pressure. So this is... And the direction matters, it looks like, because in the previous graph that you showed us, you, you see that negative pressure ventilation is almost like you trying to go in a certain direction and me pulling you in the opposite one. Mm-hmm. And in this case where you have positive pressure ventilation, it's you trying in a certain direction and me pushing you in that direction, which explains why the, uh, why the uh, transmural pressure is, is actually lower. Exactly. Exactly. And this is an example for, you know, uh, say if you have a, a baby with HIE or a baby with cardiomyopathy that comes into your unit and, um, 
discussion is, you know, should we put this baby on the ventilator? If the if the left ventricle has decreased function, then knowing that putting that baby on the ventilator will practically result in afterload reduction mm-hmm. uh, and help that left ventricle. Okay. However, we all know that intubating a patient with decreased cardiac function can always be tricky. Yeah. Um, so cautious with sedation and all that that stuff and um but again it will ultimately help that left ventricle patient with afterload reduction and that basically wraps up uh this very cool very cool all right when you will see you tomorrow for more excellent thank you